Welcome to Calvary Temple Church Podcast. Thank you for listening today. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, please consider doing so. You'll find reference scripture and discussion questions for this sermon in the episode description. We hope this encourages you in your spiritual growth. Today I want to share, kind of going off even further from where we were last week, where we're going to be in the little book and near the end of the Bible, the little letter, 1 John. If you want to go over there with me, I want to ask a question. Do you believe that there's a heaven and a hell? Do you have a certainty that if you died today, you would go to heaven? You know, and if you say yes to that, and I'm speaking for all of us and those listening, what do we base our assurance on? that we're going to heaven? It's a question that we've got to answer because no matter how we answer that question today, I'm excited we absolutely can have a certainty about eternal life. We can have a confidence that we're going to go to heaven because that certainty is found in Jesus Christ. We're moving ahead over this next year to be able to share with the Will Graham celebration that'll be in Rapid City in September. Thank you for all those that have come out, those that'll be joining yet, so we can be a church that will reach out into our area to tell people the good news about Jesus. But I also understand that, admittedly, there are a lot of questions, there are a lot of opinions in our world today, about who Jesus is. We get that. Not everybody is at the same place where we are when we talk about Jesus Christ as Lord. But probably more concerning than even that is when you realize that among those who quote-unquote call themselves Christians, there are many who don't really fully believe here in the United States that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Gary Burgi uh, shares that, and this goes back a way, so I think it's probably even increased since then. But in 1991, George Barna did a survey here in, in the U.S. and asking people, and these were people who were regular church attendees, across the board. 64% of the adult public that were surveyed said that all religions essentially pray to the same God. And among those who call themselves born again, 48% agreed. And among those who call themselves evangelical, 46% agreed. Saying, hey, everybody's praying to the same God. When they went further with the survey... Here in the pews of American churches, two-thirds of the people who are attending church in America do not believe in the exclusive character of the Christian message of the gospel. What am I saying? Two-thirds of people that attend churches don't believe that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And almost half of people who claim to be evangelical and proclaim the gospel don't necessarily believe that the gospel is the only way to be saved. People 
I want to challenge us today and encourage us today. Listen to what Jesus said. In John 14, 6, Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. People, that's quite a statement. And it's either true or it's completely false. But it isn't both. It isn't, it isn't uh, you know, that kind of just a, another way. Jesus is either who he claims to be or he's not. And he claims to be Lord. And he claims to be the only one. So I want us to look at this today. And I want, listen with me today to the testimony of one of the disciples, one of those 12 first disciples who walked with Jesus Christ and hear what he has to say about Jesus. And this is something for every one of us. In John chapter, 1 John, a little letter, chapter 1, says that which was from the beginning. I love that phrase. That which was from the beginning. We'll come back to that. Which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life says, the life appeared. We've seen it, we testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you, he says, what we've seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowships with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. He writes, we write this to make our joy complete, to make your joy complete, that all of us will have this great joy. What I want to share today is, and the life appeared. And the life appeared. Wow. That which was from the beginning. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, appeared. You know, when we talk about incarnation, what that means is that Jesus Christ took on human flesh. And the Bible prophesied and it was announced with the angels that when Jesus on that first Christmas night was born, it says, it says his name will be Emmanuel. That means God with us. God stepping in to human flesh. You know, some people think of Jesus as just some historical figure. There are those that will acknowledge that, yeah, Jesus lived at some point and they put him back there, but they don't really see him as God. There are some that will argue that, well, Jesus was simply just a good teacher. But people, Jesus Christ is not just a religious belief system. Jesus Christ is God, and he came that you and I could experience him and have life in him. God's word proclaims that Jesus Christ is God. He is Lord of lords. Yes, Jesus really came and lived among us. He miraculously stepped into our world, but he's always been. Now, it's interesting in the day when John wrote, when he testified about this, probably somewhere 85 to, to, to 90 A.D., Jerusalem's already fallen. And there was a thought process that was beginning to grow in the world. We have a lot of wrong philosophies. We have a lot of things that just don't get it. 
But there was this philosophy that was growing that had the idea that, you know what, it's the spirit that's all that matters. You know, it doesn't matter the the material, the body, all that's evil, it's going to pass away. It's just our spirits that are good. And that began to lead into this idea that it really doesn't matter what you do in your body, how much you sin, what you do with all that. It's just so your spirit is saved. And John's writing and saying it does matter. It does matter that Jesus Christ, it was not just some illusion or a spirit or imaginary idea. Jesus Christ took on literally human flesh. He came into this world born of a virgin, born of a virgin. His birth was like no other, born of the Holy Spirit. But the amazing thing is that was not Jesus' beginning. Jesus has always been always been. He's the Son of God. But in that moment, He took on human flesh and walked into this world in in, in that kind of humility, that kind of humbleness to show us what God is like. Jesus later on will say, you want to know what God the, the Father is like? Look at me. What you see in me is what God is like. Jesus came to make God real and touchable. Jesus really lived among us. And not today, but hopefully in another time, we can look at some of the miraculous things going on around Jesus' incarnation when he stepped into this world. But know this, he's always God. He's the Son of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The incarnation was the miraculous appearance of God when he stepped into this world so that we could know him. Wow, even the first letter, or or excuse me, the first, uh, this letter here in John, it echoes what we read in the gospel of John. There we read, in the beginning was the word, meaning the expression of God, who he is. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. People, Jesus Christ also is involved in creating us. He's the part of the creator, Father God, creator, Son, creator, Holy Spirit, all involved in creation. Everything is made by him. And then it goes on, and I love this. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it or understood it or got it. First John, again, 1, 2, the life appeared. Jesus Christ has life. Why is that so important? Because in this world where Jesus stepped into, it was a world where everybody has sinned. It was a world where there's darkness. It was a world where there was all kinds of corruption and every evil imaginable kind of thing. And God chose in his love to step into where we are and show us himself and bring us to himself. It's an amazing thought. Jesus is the life And John says, he can be experienced personally. Notice what John said here in this little letter. What we've heard, what we've seen with our eyes, 
what we beheld or looked at, our hands have touched, what we've seen and heard, this we proclaim to you. John is saying, listen, this is my personal testimony. This isn't just some philosophy that we thought up. John says, we got to walk with him. We got to sit at his feet. We got to eat with him. We got to listen to him. We got to watch his life. We watch Jesus heal people. We watch Jesus bring the word of hope to people and see lives changed and people put back. We saw God changing lives and giving people hope and bringing them into relationship with himself. People that were estranged and away from God and had no way to come to God. Jesus Christ stepped in and he's for everyone. And John says, we witnessed that. We saw that. We experienced that. Wow. People, you cannot take experience away from people. Jesus Christ is real. And it's not just John's testimony, but there have been millions and millions through the, through the centuries that have had the same experience as John, that we can know him, we can experience him in a really, really way. God seems so big, so remote, so unknowable to so many people. And there's a... a there's an illustration and a story that I've shared. It's one of my favorite stories to share. I know many of you have heard me. But Dick Foth shares the story in one of his books. And he talks about back when he was pastoring. It was back when pastors tended to wear the suits and come home. This is many years ago. And Dick Foth was a young man. He's a tall man. He's six feet tall. And in my world, that's really tall. But anyway, Dick Foth, he come home one day, and he was tired. He had had one of those incredible days where he had meetings on his feet, on the run, telephone calls. He wasn't able to answer all the messages. He was going from one thing to another, and one crisis to another, one situation to another. He came home for a lunch or for a dinner break, and he had to go back for more meetings that night. Dick Foth came home. He walked in the living room. He was just just exhausted. He threw his brief, briefcase on the, on the sofa. Now you know how old this story is. And he threw that on the sofa and he just stretched out on the floor. And he no sooner got stretched out on the floor when all of a sudden here come just a little, a little tot and jumped right in the middle of his back. You know, and behind her come about three others. And all of a sudden, he's got four of these small kids, you know, and they're wrestling and they're, they're in his big arms and they're ro rolling around on the floor and they're laughing and giggling and going on and on. It was a great fun time. And then the kids, they've had their fun and they kind of get up and they leave the room and Dick got up and sat down on the couch. Wow. And his wife, Ruth, walked in. She had that little smile on her face. She walked over to where he was, sat on his lap, began to play with his ear, and she said, Honey? And he looked at her and said, You had a good day. <laughs> he said, she said to him, Honey, you played with my kids. And she said, he said, Well, they're my kids too. And she gave him one of those no, let me explain it to you kind of looks that only a wife can give a husband. And uh, she gave him one of those, and she said, no, 
She said, they're your kids when you play with them and when you come home. But they're my kids 24-7. They're my kids when I look out in the backyard and the kids are gone. And I got a two-year-old that's two houses over playing in a neighbor's garden, totally naked. I have no idea where his clothes went. The other kids are running around. They're my kids when I've got this. And they're my kids when I've got... But you played with my kids. What Dick began to realize is that when he played with the kids, he gave value to her and to her world and what she was involved in. But the greatest thing that dawned on Dick that day, he says, you know, I'm six foot. When I walk into a room with kids that are three foot tall, their world consists of seeing the undersides of tables and seeing the, near the floor and running around. And when they look up at an adult, he's twice their size. They're in the land of giants. But somehow when the giant lies down, he becomes approachable, touchable, accessible. We can touch him. And it dawned on them. That our God, who's so awesome and who's so big and who's so amazing, in Bethlehem lay down. And he became approachable, accessible, touchable. And John the Apostle writes and says, we've seen him, we've heard him, we've touched him, we've walked with the Son of God. Isn't that awesome? Think about that. People, the God who has created it all, who holds the universe in his hand, became accessible by stepping into this world and, and being a way where we could touch him. In Bethlehem, the giant lay down. Jesus Christ is the word of life. Jesus is not just any word about life, you know, as though the message of Jesus offers some kind of explanation about the meaning of life. No, Jesus Christ is the very source of life. He's not just an idea. We can know him. We can experience life when we come to know him. John said, in him was life. And that life was the light of men that shines into our hearts. John speaks with this certainty, with this confidence. And what he begins to realize is, you know what? When we begin to encounter him, we get an incredible joy. The truth of who Jesus is because he's t we've touched him. John says here, we write this to make our joy complete. People, you and I need to personally accept and experience Jesus Christ. As John is writing to these churches in that area, he's saying to him, you've got to get the right understanding of who Jesus is. He literally lived in this world. He literally died for our sins. He went to the cross and took the punishment of our sins on himself. But he rose again and we can have life in him. We can know him. Jesus Christ is God. He is Lord. Wow. And John says this, and we can fellowship with the Father and with his Son and with one another. Wow, fellowship. That's that word people often say, use in, in the Bible where we get the Greek word koinonia. It just means a sharing together, a sharing in common. And you and I can share together with the Lord. People, 
It's so awesome that we can encounter and experience God. I was, we were worshiping here earlier. I was just thinking, Lord, what a privilege to be able to know you, to worship you, to experience you. We can sit and read God's word and encounter him. We can be in prayer and encounter him. We can be walking through the day and encounter him. We can be with other believers and people fellowship. Sometimes what we call fellowship, I don't think is really all that much fellowship, you know. Fellowship isn't just getting together and talking about life and then going on with our business. That can be nice, but there's more. Fellowship's not just getting together for food, though I enjoy that, and so do you. But too often, when we get together, we talk about everything but about what God's doing in our life. Too often, we're not talking about, man, this is what Jesus said to me in the Word. This is, this is what I was experiencing of the Lord when I prayed. Yesterday morning, my wife came out. Just, I just want to share with you what the Lord was speaking to me when I was in prayer today. People, we need to talk about Jesus. We need to talk about who he is and experiencing him. It ought to be so. That's where real fellowship comes. John says we've seen him. We've touched him. We've heard him. We've experienced him. Talk about what God is doing. Bring glory to him in our lives. We're sharing together in the gospel. We're getting the word out. You and I link arms and, and together as believers to make Jesus known in our world. People, God is touchable. Jesus Christ is real, and he wants to have fellowship with us. God wants you and I to have a real, real relationship with Jesus Christ. People, may we dare not be religious to just come together and do some kind of service and have a little study and go home and do our thing. People, the body needs to be the body. We need to care for one another and talk with one another and pray with one another. We need to lift up Jesus. We need to share the word of what God's doing in our lives. That's what God desires for us. John writes and says our fellowship's with him and, and with, with the Father and with the Son. And we want you to share the same fellowship together. That's what makes our joy complete. And there are times when I've been with other believers we're talking about the Lord and how his presence just seems to saturate those moments. Man, you just go away going, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. There's something about experiencing Jesus. We can know him personally. He's not just some kind of religious experience. And then John goes on and he says this in verses 3 and 4. He says, we proclaim to you what we've seen and heard, so you also may have fellowship with us. People, our greatest privilege is to tell others and share with others what the life is like in Jesus, what we've experienced in him, what he can do for us, what he can do for others. Jesus Christ, it says, the life appeared. He stepped into this world where we are. And Jesus Christ wants to step into a lot of people's lives and appear and make himself known. How many of us have had those places in our life where suddenly it's like the Lord appears? Maybe not fully physically, but spiritually. He's there with us. He's present. We see him. And people, there's going to be another appearing of Jesus Christ. 
The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is going to come back to this world and he and suddenly he's going to appear in the clouds and the clouds will separate and Jesus is coming back to take his church. The world's going to go into a seven-year period of great tribulation, but at the end of it, Jesus Christ is coming back. He's going to establish his kingdom and rule and reign. Does that excite you? Amen. The first appearance in the life appeared, and we can know that. And God is just, he is holding back that time of a second appearing so that more people can come to know and experience this relationship with Jesus Christ. I would love to invite you that are watching today, and for those of us who are here and that know the Lord, may we give this invitation to others as well to know Jesus Christ in a really deep, personal way. But I also want to say something to us as believers. Sometimes we get a little religious, don't we? Sometimes we just go through the motions. And people, Jesus wants to be up-to-date, real, authentic, powerful in our lives every day. He wants us to be walking in his presence, in his joy, in his spirit. But if you're listening today and, and, and you're, you're saying, I don't know what it is to know Jesus, but I want that life. We want you to be able to experience that. People, I, it was many years ago when I asked Jesus Christ into my life and he gave me a peace, but I've walked in that peace and I've experienced him countless times over and over and over to experience the presence of the Lord. It's not just something that happens back there. Jesus wants us to walk with him every day to know his joy. And you can. And I believe that God wants us to reach more and more people for his glory. Amen? More and more people for his glory. Jesus has got to be real in us. If we want Jesus to mean much to other people, they have to see that he means everything to us. We've got to be a step closer to the cross than any of those that we would lead. And today, maybe many of us, we have family members that aren't serving the Lord or away from the Lord. We have friends that, that we know, that we work with, or our neighbors or whatever, that don't know Jesus. You and I have the privilege of sharing the joy of Jesus with others. Maybe we're here today and we're saying, you know, my heart's really not where it needs to be with Jesus. I've been distracted by things. I've been looking at other things, but yeah, I know I've got a faith in Jesus, but I'm just not where the Lord needs me to be. Make it right today. Say, Lord, here I am. I want to get close to you, closer and closer and closer. That's our prayer.